Live from the Fish Tank, it is your host, Ronnie, back with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. We're going to have a uh, pretty good one this week. Well, I mean, they're all pretty good, but it's going to be another week and thus another really good episode. Uh, We have wrapped up hockey, so that'll leave us with just baseball at the moment to worry about. Uh, That means we will recap hockey. Uh, I will be joined by our hockey champion for him to uh, brag about his team. And we will uh, recap the second matchup of baseball. And at the very end of the episode, I'll have a bit of a teaser for you guys for next week. So without further ado, I'll uh, send it on over to our interview. All right, and we are here now with the aforementioned hockey champion, the back-to-back. Nobody else has won a championship. Alex, how are we feeling? Feeling pretty good. Big big thank you to Chris for just handing this one to me on a silver platter. I had no chance. Everyone knew it. The only reputable source covering this league had me at a minus 21 category difference. Just an embarrassment that I pulled this out somehow. Emphasis on the word only in that uh, description, by the way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely the, the big underdog, uh, as as I'll mention in my recap here that I've already recorded, but everybody else will hear after this. Uh, I can, this is pretty much the, the DSAC equivalent of the Miracle on Ice. So. Yeah, that true shocker. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, leaving Austin Matthews on the bench for a key game, or on the IL even, sorry, because he uh, was apparently too lazy to wake up on time, and then rolling into the week with uh, just one goalie. It's a, it's a bold strategy, and it did not pay off. Yeah, I was, that, one, that one really surprised me. Uh, not that I thought uh, Jordan, Jordan Bennington was like good or anything, but he gave Chris one good game there. He got, um, he got two wins and two starts. The, the yeah, one, two one, wins. One of them was just because they were playing the Coyotes. <laughs> but <laughs> he, he was bad in that game. But the Blues as a team were good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, was, I really – I spent uh, Monday through Thursday when I used my last waiver claim. I was just thinking, okay, i got to save one of these – because Chris is going to grab a goalie, and I'm going to be shorthanded on accounting stats, and uh, Laner's not doing very good right now. So he'll have a shot at the ratios as well. So I'm probably going to have to grab a goalie later in the week. And then Chris just decided to stick it out with Bennington and Dawes. Yeah, who was in the AHL for the entire week. Yeah, yeah, I... Yeah, I don't remember when he got sent down, but um, and I I wish I hadn't looked into this uh, for the call, but I I know there are like probably two or three goalies that were just like obvious upgrades. Yeah, in I, my mind, I name dropped uh, uh, Casey DeSmith uh, later in this this podcast when I did the hockey recap myself. I know yeah. that was one because you know. Your own goalie, Tristan Jerry, got hurt. Yeah, yeah, the week before, and uh, Chris could have uh, could have 
doubled down on you. Not only could you not use one of your better goalies, but he could have taken your backup. Yeah, I was. I can't completely blame him for that one because uh, Smith, his, his first matchup against Boston wasn't exactly appealing. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But but he had a back to back. He would have gotten one start against either Detroit or Philadelphia. Which either of them are doing that well this year. Yep, can so, confirm. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, he'll probably take a lot of shots, which he did against Boston. Uh, saved all of them, all 52 of them. Uh, and then probably get an easy win, which he did against Detroit, I think. And then you, you add that in with uh, his current ratios. I, I would have to imagine a 52 save shot will probably bumps him up over you, right? Yeah, and Pittsburgh had the early game against Detroit that Saturday. So, like, Chris would have had the three starts and wouldn't have even had to start Bennington that last game. So you take out the bad Bennington game, two good to Smith games, and there you go. Chris probably has all probably sweeps the goalie categories. Yeah, but uh, you know that's uh, that's why you're on the phone with me right now, and he is not. So then, I, I was pretty worried about that, but uh, he went, seemed like most of his ads were going for face-offs, if I remember right. I know he added Huala, or Huala, how do you say that guy's last name? Huala. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just Huala. <laughs> um, Didn't he add some guy oh, from the Black Fox who I never heard of? Or was that you? That might have been me. I added a guy, Reese Johnson. Okay, that's uh, what it was. Yeah. yeah, I added him because uh, hits were kind of close, face-offs were kind of close, and he had, when I looked for, when I sorted by who had the most hits in the past 15 days, he had the most, and he had, and he had, like, recently fallen into a bunch of face-off opportunities. Um. And he had right wing eligibility very well. I think it was just a strict right wing. Uh, so it's like, yeah, this guy could be pretty key down the stretch here. I don't expect any scoring from him, which he didn't give me anything there, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All I wanted him was for some hits and face offs, and that's what he got me. Yeah. And then to before we completely move off of Chris's. Um, questionable uh, goaltending decisions. Um, I sent this to you early in the morning before you woke up, and you woke up to a, a DM from me. A, uh, a certain NHL goaltender said uh, a new longest win streak by any goalie in the league this season. It wasn't Andre Vasilevsky. It, it wasn't Igor Shosturkin. It wasn't, you know, Tristan Jari. It was Mike Smith has won his last nine games. <laughs> uh, no goalie in the league has won more consecutive games this year than Mike Smith. And, uh, Mike Smith, notably, uh, cut from the eights right before he goes on this tear. Yeah, I, we got to look up when he got cut. I don't know if you've already done that, but it would be incredible I right now. Chris cut him and he like immediately went on that nine-game streak. Pro- probably. I think uh, he cut him probably early, a little you know. bit of a break in there, but. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Chris cut him on March 14th. Um, that seems pretty recent. Or er, yeah, I will pull up his his uh 
is a game log here real quick. Yeah, so that is a lot more recent than I thought it was. I thought he had DOS for longer than that for some reason. So I want to say March 14th? Yep. Okay, let's see. Game logs, 2021-22. Um, I don't think that took. Try this again. Game logs, 2021-22, starting from March 14th. So, uh, after <laughs> okay, so it was uh, four games before that started, but he did win two of those. So, <laughs> since since March seventeenth, his first game after being cut, he played in thirteen games. He won eleven of them with a nine forty one save percentage. <laughs> That's oh my god. He had an overtime loss against Colorado, where he allowed three goals. A loss to Calgary, where he allowed four. A win against St. Louis, where he allowed five. And then it was one one two zero zero two three one. You can't make it up. That's, uh, you know, it feels good to be on, on the other side of one of these for once. Because I, I feel like I find myself on the wrong end of these more often than I should be, based on the law of averages. but. Yeah, that's that's quite incredible. That Chris's goal, Chris's environment of his hockey team is so bad that any goaltender just suffers miserably, and the second they get their freedom, they go off again. Yeah, that's that's I don't know, man. That's kind of that's better than what I thought Mike Smith was going to be when Chris got him um, in free agency. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I was. I thought that was a great pickup by him. And then I think he was just like hurt at the beginning of the year or something. He definitely missed some time. Yeah. Uh, obviously, things weren't working out. Chris thought Dawes was the better option. Yeah, you know, because the uh, the defensive juggernaut that creates great fantasy goalies like the New Jersey Devils, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I actually was pretty nervous because, like I said, like you said, Jari was out for me. He's going to miss the whole week. Laner was out at the beginning of the week, and then it was like all of a sudden one day he comes around. It's like, oh, he's in. It's like, ah. And he was like clearly not healthy. Yeah, have you been uh, following that weird uh, situation? Yeah, it's so I know he played the game against the Devils. He... He didn't post terrible numbers. I think it was like 893 save percentage, which is usually 900 is my benchmark, where I'm kind of upset if you get under that. Or not upset, but like, okay, I wish you'd done better. Uh, and then he starts the next game, gives up one goal in the first period. The coach benches him after that. And then hasn't played since. Yeah, a couple of days later, they say, "Oh, he's getting surgery. He's out for the season." Yeah, so that was even reported like two weeks ago or so. Like, hey, he's going to have surgery, and he and the Knights were like, "Uh, no, that's not true." <laughs> then he then he plays that game against New Jersey, and then the game against Washington where he allows one and is pulled. Then he backs up San Jose, and they announce a second time that he is going to get surgery. Like, I. Vegas, the way they handled their players 
these last couple years has been an absolute mess. And I, I think these last couple weeks of Robin Leonard are a, a pretty good example of that. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, they had him backing up whatever that last game they played was. He just, uh, he suited up and he just sat on the bench the whole time. And then, and then I think yesterday maybe they made it official, official. He is getting the surgery and he's done with the year. Yeah. Weird is probably the, the most polite thing I can say about it. So, yeah, I was not feeling great about my goalies. I, I know I had Shesterkin. Um, he's obviously been incredible this year, so I have yeah. that going for me. And then whatever I was getting from my second goalie was kind of just going to be an unknown. Yeah, just hoping to get like some semblance of volume in to not get blown up. Yeah, basically. And um, like I said, I was expecting to have to add another goalie off the wire. I was eyeing anti Ranta just because he's on a good team. Um, I figured Chris would go back to Mike Smith. Never happened. Um, yeah. I mean, in Chris's defense, maybe he kind of had, he's wired the same way I am, where like, you you mess with me once and I'm just never going to go back. Like like Tommy Pham, for example. I'm not touching Tommy Pham again. I don't care if he wins MVP. It's just on, on principle. And I wonder if Chris thought, you know, Mike Smith, you ticked me around for this entire season, only to get good when I drop you. I'm not, I'm not falling for that a second time. Maybe. Maybe, but there were other guys. Um, uh, Anton Forsberg has been out there for the whole year, I think. Not yeah, that not that fun. he's been elite or that he he's on a good team because Ottawa sucks, but he's put up decent numbers as a, a regular starter for them. And he's he's got a nine sixteen on the whole year with with Ottawa, which is pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, he's started six of the last eight. And uh, 10 of their last 13. Uh, let's see. Jonathan Quick was out there, but he's been a little more spotty. Oh, actually, no, he's not. I guess uh, uh, Cal Peterson has been playing a lot lately, which, you know, not going to get on Ping for that. <laughs> yeah, poor Ping. I. I feel sorry that you had to take that one on. Yeah, and uh, Adam Larson. That was pretty yeah. rough, too. But uh, like I said in the chat, the schedule was pretty bad for me. Uh, there were only a handful of teams that had three-game weeks last week. And it seemed like I had a key guy on almost all of those teams. Like yeah. the Penguins had a three-game week. Uh, who else? Uh, I think everyone except for Marner, really, because I was looking at when I, this was even before the playoffs started. Because I had my head, well, you know, if if I can get by Chris, I wasn't sure if I would, and eventually I didn't. But I was looking at, I'm like, I got pretty much like all my key guys on four game weeks, and like Alex has like Mitch Marner, and that's about it. 
I was thinking, yeah, I was like, thinking to myself, you know, if I do get past Chris, I have pretty long odds against Alex, but the schedule does work out in my favor. Uh, it, it really wouldn't have, have done anything for me. My goalies were bad, and I just didn't have enough skater categories to get close to you. If, you know, in a, in a hypothetical walleye frostbite matchup. But. Yeah, it, it was McDavid had a three-game week. Kopitar, who's like one of my better face-off guys, had a three-game week. Your Penguins did. Yossi, my Penguins. And you had Malkin gone for at least one of the games, right? With yeah, he, he missed the first of, of those three, but then thankfully suspension got ended after that. I was hoping it was only going to be a three-game suspension, but certain somebody paid the uh, player safety department to bump it up on another game. I, I think you're giving the Department of Player Safety a bit too much credit in their ability to <laughs> ac- actually – run a successful bribery ring well uh, that's true but he probably paid them to do like a six game suspension and they're like oh four games (laughs) (laughs) that's probably how it happened they probably would barter down (laughs) and then uh brady mcnab only had three games he's like not a big name but he's my Best shot blocker. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, no, I was thinking of Alec Martinez, but yeah, no, McNabb does block a lot of shots too. Because, like, I remember, wasn't it last year when you were still doing like the value stuff? Did, like, didn't Alec Martinez, wasn't he like a top 10 defenseman in your metric because he just blocked a ton of shots? I don't know if he was top 10, but he was really high because, yeah, he blocked a ton of shots last year. Yeah, McNabb kind of doing the same thing there with Vegas. Um, so. Yeah, it was actually my first round matchup. was actually pretty stressful too. Uh, it was closer than it should have been. Yeah, even though the score was, the score line didn't reflect it. But yeah, it was. Um, let's see, I, I have this mapped out. Uh, let me get that real quick. So yeah, I, it was a going into the playoffs, still in the regular season. I kind of. I the schedule. I kind of knew that the finals weren't going to be great for me, so I tried to add a bunch of guys who would give me some of the grid categories early in the week. So there were there were a handful of teams that had three games by Thursday. And I was just trying to hit guys who would get blocks and hits from those teams. Um, and then my first round matchup with Jared. I, I don't think Paolo touches that team really at all. So yeah, I'll just no. say Jared. At, at this point, I just assume that Jared and Kevin are their own uh, entities. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to the playoffs. Um, and that, that first week is the really weird schedule week. Um, and my offense was kind of absent for the uh, first few days. Like, they, they, they weren't terrible, but Monday and Wednesday, I had basically nobody going. And then Tuesday, when I had a full slate, I had pretty underwhelming results. Um, and then I think it was Thursday, I 
really started scoring and it was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm still winless. Yeah, it was, I definitely remember that being a, a slow offensive start for you. I remember like looking at like, damn, like I'm like thoroughly outpacing you for this week. Uh, and then I didn't. Yeah, and my goalies, my first two goal, goalie games gave up uh, four goals each and his, I think, gave up a combined one goal. It's like, okay, I'm getting smoked in the ratios. Uh, so even though I think after Wednesday I had my third start uh, and I was winning 8-3-1, it's like, okay, it's it's a sham uh, 8-3-1 because yeah. as soon as he gets his third start, he's taking two of those. Uh, and yeah, I think it was 6-4-2 on Saturday. And I, I knew that all I needed was six categories. I was winning five pretty handily, I think. And uh, I was like, okay, I've got a 20-something lead and saves. I, I would rather use this to pick up somebody to get ready for the finals, but I'll just play it safe, grab a goalie, try to win that safe category. Because uh, I thought he'd only have one guy going. So I, I grabbed, uh, who was it? Dustin Tokarski, the Sabres goalie. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> but they are playing Flyers, so he got the win. Yeah, that'll do it. But... See, Jared had uh, Saros, and he played on Saturday. And then Sunday rolls around, and they're like, oh, Saros is getting the back-to-back. -back. He's getting both ends of the back-to-back. -back. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to lose now. Because <laughs> I still didn't have the ratios at that point. And they're playing the Blues, so the Blues have been really good on offense lately. So I'm expecting him to get a lot of saves. And thought if they flip that one, maintain the ratios, I could like legitimately lose here. But yeah, that was thankfully, close. Thankfully, Sorrow's just kind of at his worst game. I don't know if this is his worst game of the season, but it was a really bad one. Yeah, and now, yeah. He, now he's hurt, and their Predators are like legitimately worried he may not be good to go for the start of the playoffs. Yeah, um, that's obviously unfortunate for them yeah he's upset um, he's essentially their whole team i mean shout yeah. out philip forsberg too but like let's be honest it's it's uc oh, roman yossi too like yossi and forsberg obviously but like uc saros is probably the main reason they're in the playoffs yeah i i agree um so i i was pretty nervous there getting to the finals i'm not feeling good I had to kind of abandon my original strategy of loading up on those guys for the finals because I needed the help in the first round. Um, and then somehow it still worked out. Yeah. I uh, do want to take this chance now to uh, uh, Come at me for my insinuation that Patrice Bergeron would be the best acquisition by a playoff team uh, in trade when you have a, a certain someone 
who you acquired a bit before I got Bergeron, um, have potentially the the single best scoring week of the year that I've seen? Uh, yeah, Stamkos was awesome last week. <laughs> like, he, and like I kind of said, he wasn't even like the main player in that trade for me. I think Yossi was. Um, Stamkos, yeah, yeah, he hit 100 points on the season. I think yesterday or a couple of days ago, very recently, he gets me those face-offs on the right wing. Hopefully, they'll let him keep that eligibility for next year. Yeah, uh, um, seven straight multi-point games for Stamkos, by the way. Four points, yeah. four points, three points, three points, three points, two points, two points. I mean, obviously, he's been incredible lately. Um, another guy that's been really good for me lately is uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Notably requested a trade out of St. Louis before the year, never got it. <laughs> and unlike, you know, perhaps some of the other players uh, in the news and other sports this week, uh, really uh, put his head down and performed for his team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he maybe didn't have as many multi-point games, but he... He was excellent, I think, in that first round against Jared. Uh, and good enough to help me win assists against Crest. Yeah, definitely, definitely happy he didn't end up in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, man, you look back on it, like, Seattle really bungled that whole thing, didn't they? Yeah, that's, I don't That's beside don't the point here, that. but, yeah, luckily we don't have anyone who would come at me for saying that anymore, but. They they made a lot of bizarre things, a lot of bizarre choices. And then also Matt here, because I saw this when they were playing Detroit here, and because it's a part of this matchup. So Brad Kogudis, if, if you pull up his like his little his little picture there, does he not look like what you would get if you told a cartoon artist to draw a three-year-old with a big bushy beard? Like uh, that, I can see that. <laughs> that, that like shiny face. He just looks like a toddler but in like a, a grown man's body. Yeah, he kind of looks like he's got like a little baby fat on him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it might just because the beard is so bushy, but. <laughs> he's definitely got some size to him. He's, he's a big man. Yeah. Anyways, that's enough of that because I don't want to, you know, be woken up at three in the morning by a, a threatening knock at my door as a man busts through all the locks on it and pummels me <laughs> in my bed. Anyways. Yeah, would Spencer even be upset about us bad-talking Seattle? I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty clear that they could have done better, I think. Maybe, but like even then, I, I don't know if I would like to hear it if I were in his shoes. That, that's probably true. Anyways, uh, who else here would you like to, uh, to heap some praise upon? There's you had a, quite a few options here. Jay Gensel had a pretty good week. Yeah, Gensel was scoring a lot. Uh, well, he had he had a hat trick at least in one game. Oh, okay. um, yeah, Boston. Yeah. So I guess he had. Yeah, let me let me actually pull this. I had the box score up and then I went away from it. Okay, I got it back again. Oh, McDavid was killing it again in the playoffs. Yeah. The only thing I yeah. the only thing I can really like hold against him is he doesn't really win a ton of faceoffs. He wins he wins a good amount, but like you would think for like a top line center like him, you'd think he would you know be pushing ten per game. 
he's actually been a bit better um, lately. I think he had one game that's kind of a dud this week. But yeah, I, I know you're saying he was usually like around five for a lot of the year. And then it seemed like maybe a couple months ago, he kind of jumped up a bit and was getting more like eight to ten a lot more regularly. Um, uh, same with Malkin. I'll give him a shout out just because he's worse than McDavid at faceoffs usually. Yeah. And he, uh, he he picked the last two games against Chris to, uh, I, I think he had, I know he had 11 on the last day, which was his best face-off day of the year. Um, and I think he had above five the other day, the other game that he got to play. And that's... Uh, that's about as good as he'll get. <laughs> yeah. I was a little surprised to see he was so down on the face-offs, to be honest. I, I When I think of Evgeny Malkin, I think of, like, you know, a big physical center, and I typically associate uh, face-off wins with those types. Yeah, he, he's kind of a weird player, because I do – I also think of him as a big physical guy. Um, but he's pretty bad at face-offs, and he's really not much of a hitter either. That surprised me a little bit because he's he's feisty and he likes to uh, yeah uh, really really get into it at times. That's that's part of the reason why I don't like him is because I have still have uh, salty feelings about how the 2009 Stanley Cup Finals went down. Yeah, so I, I think maybe he's just like he likes to get in the cheap shots and then he he, he doesn't like to do those textbook hits. Yeah, so Malkin, yeah, I think he he likes to get in those cheap shots more than the textbook hits. Uh, I'm looking at his stats right now. He's only got 20 hits on the year. Yeah, that surprised uh, me. I really would have thought he'd be, like, at least one per game. Yeah, he's... I'm trying to scroll through real quickly, see how many... He had 80 hits in, like, his third year. So he was a hit per game that year. And then... Since 2010, the most he's had is 54. Um, that was he only played 68 games that year, so he, he's like maybe three quarters of a hit per game. So he's sitting at about like half a hit to three quarters of a hit per game, which isn't it's not terrible for a forward, but it's nothing to write home about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Frederick Gaudreau. Uh, here's my little, my last waiver wire on Thursday. Um, Randon went down, got sick. I don't think, he, I still don't think he's come back. Dealing with some pretty heavy food poisoning from the apes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he has uh, not played yet. Yeah, I think I saw that he skated either today or yesterday, so maybe he's on his way back, but yeah, I, as it, of now, he hasn't played yet. Sounds like he's, I don't want to say expected, but it looks like you're the exact phrasing from his head coach is gearing up to play today. Okay. Yeah, hopefully he's 
it's not coming out both ends anymore. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to Kudrow for coming in, getting some face-off wins, uh, helping me make sure I nail that category down. Um, you only won it by 20. That's pretty close, especially when you consider uh, all the face-off wins that Chris forfeited by Austin Matthews sitting on Saturday. Which was 14. Oof. For, for everyone listening who doesn't know that. Wow, that's that's brutal. Kudrow uh, had 24, by the way, so without him, if I did go with a goalie, uh, might not win that category. Yeah, and let's say your goalie does poorly. Well, actually, no. You, Chris, still don't have the three, the three starts. But yeah, if you flip faceoff wins, and if you flip even just the two ratio stats, Chris wins this matchup. Yeah, yeah. If if, yeah. He, if he adds a goalie, that triggers you to add a goalie, so you don't get Gaudreau, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, if if Chris if if Chris adds Casey to Smith, activates Austin Matthews. He wins. Yeah, that's it. All right. I'm sure he'll love to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Chris. I'm not Not sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I got any other any other shout outs. I keep scrolling through here and seeing numbers unless I go with Stamkos again. I mean, he's probably worth a second mention, <laughs> to be honest with how good he was. I was going to say he had six special teams points. Uh, six out of his 13 points on the week were on special teams. Damn, that's really good. Like, if, uh, in, in my recaps, I would usually cap it around, like, three special teams points. That's kind of my threshold in, in a given week. If you get three, that's pretty good. And for him to have six is... Really good. Uh, shout out to Chesterkin for getting a shout out. Shout out. Shut out. Uh, and it looks like Couture was my leading face-off guy, so props to him as well. Second place was Stamkos. Yeah, I, I'm happy with how it went. Like, going against Chris, it's kind of just like, which two categories do you want to flip? And for me, uh, assist, face-off, blocks, and special teams were the main ones I had a chance, or a good, I, I had, like, beaten him at a decent amount this year. Uh managed to get all of them. So yeah. went about as well as I could. Yeah, that's about as as you kind of what you alluded to. That's kind of how I approached my match with Chris was operating under the assumption I would win the goalie stats, which I didn't. But even if I had, I, I still didn't flip enough skater categories. But he's got a, a really loaded team with skaters. And when that's, you know, two thirds of the matchup, that's uh, it's a lot to go up against. Yeah. So Got to get it all out of my system now because now that he dropped Bennington, 
maybe he'll have some confident goalies next year and well, destroy us all. <laughs> so he currently has zero because that is true. You know, Daw, well, I guess maybe Dawes gets like a backup role in New Jersey, but he essentially I, has zero starting goalies at the moment, and I'm not aware of uh, a a great wealth of them that are going to hit the free agency bidding and be cheap enough for him to uh, to fit under his cap. Because as you know, he has players like Tage Thompson, who are going to be worth $6 million. Mikhail Granlund might be worth $6 million. I don't know where his player rater is at. Like, he's got uh, not a lot of cap space. <laughs> yeah, so everybody in hockey for free agency bid up Mike Smith. <laughs> if he's even back next year. I think this is the last year of his deal in Edmonton. Okay, um, well, maybe don't do that. But... Yeah, we'll, we'll invite Dylan back to the group and let him run somebody's free agency and then dip again mid-season. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I... <laughs> Nico Dawes wanted to be on the free agent market last year. All right. Well, I think that does a pretty good job of kind of covering the team here. I don't want to, you know, let force you to tip your hand here, but anyone in particular that you are uh, bringing back for sure, because you do have a set number of extensions, but between names like Vincent Trocek, Tristan Jari, Tomas Hurdle, Andrzej Kopitar, Evgeny Malkin, Brent Burns, Brian Rust, Jamie Benn, you have a lot of really talented players on expiring deals. And yeah. they're all set for some pretty substantial races for the most part. Yeah, um, it'll be kind of interesting to see what the Penguins offseason does because um, I think in real life, Malkin, Latang, and Rust are all, I think all of them have their contracts in after this year. I know Latang and Rust do for sure. I'm not 100% certain on Malkin, but I can check on that while you're talking real quick. I'm pretty sure he does, but uh, not that I would be opposed to bringing them back if they yeah, land somewhere else. Yeah. But I'm probably going to bring back Jari, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, I think you have to at that price. That's that's, yeah. that's too much of a no-brainer to me. It's, yeah, it's too good of a price not to. And then... I would want to bring back Malkin and Rust. Don't know if I'll be able to let myself get both of them. Hurdle and Kopitar, uh, probably at their prices, are definitely, uh, you could be getting surplus value from them for their salaries. Yeah, and I've always had a soft spot for both those guys, even though they're on different teams than who I root for. It is pretty uh, hard to dislike Raccoon Jesus, so. <laughs> Yeah, for, for those who maybe don't get that, so you know how like Derek Carr kind of gets the, the, the talk of, go, he wears eyeliner? Like, Andre Kopitar has, like, permanent, like, raccoon eye bags. Yeah, he's got, like, very deep-set eyes, and like you said, he gets bags around them. He, he, he looks like he perpetually has woken up from getting, like, an hour of sleep coming off exactly. of, like, a, a, a 48-hour graveyard shift at, like, a, a packaging plant. Yeah, um, Jamie Ben, he's probably going to get let go. I mean, I'll reserve the right to decide that later, but, um, and then Burns might also 
be let go. And yeah, I think the salary on Burns is probably a bit prohibitive for, yeah. for bringing him back, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, um, if it was uh, like 2011 or whenever he was really good, then maybe it's a different story. But it's getting up there. The production's not the same as it used to be. Still finished 11th on the play Raider. He was still quite good, yeah. He definitely was. Um, but I think he was like a like an 80-point season at some point. Can I make that up? He won a Norris, so he probably was around there. He, he had quite a few uh, quite a few early high-scoring seasons there when the Sharks were at their peak. Yeah, he had 75, 76, 67, and then 83. Uh it was it actually wasn't as long ago as I thought it was that he was doing that. But yeah, I was gonna say like the you mentioned twenty eleven and that was the off season where he went from Minnesota to San Jose. Yeah. Because when he was with Minnesota, he was a forward. Well, he was a defenseman and then a forward, and then he went back to defense with San Jose, I believe. And I also believe he was involved. I think that trade was Jonathan Chichu. Uh, let's see. Oh, sorry, Devin Setaguchi. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Devin Setaguchi and uh, Jonathan Chichu, both of them, uh, really prolific goal scorers when you put them on uh, Joe Thornton's win, turns out. <laughs> so, let's see. I think, I think that was everybody. I think I mentioned everybody that probably where I stand on them. Uh, oh, I didn't say anything about Trojan. Mm, he's I don't remember how many I said yes to already but you've at least named four or five names yeah so Trocek might be the last one just because he's a bit cheaper and, uh, and not that it's a smart way to handle things but you did trade for him and I, I feel like too many people kind of deal with the idea of sunk cost fallacy where like if you give up assets for a player you feel obligated to like keep them yeah, and if maybe if I didn't win, I would feel more heavily about that. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think that will be the primary decision uh, or primary reason behind the decision. Yeah, which is a smart move. You yeah, don't you don't want to do that. Yeah, he he gets good oh. faceoffs, and he's a good hitter, pretty good scorer. I interrupt this interview to mention that CJ Crone has hit a home run. Oh, no. <laughs> but I also gave up a home run with Jordan Montgomery, but I, I, he still shows zero earned runs, so there may be a situation where an error extended the inning, and I'm not going to – for the second day in a row, I'm going to have a pitcher give up a lot of runs and uh, not get hooked on the, the earned runs. But anyways, continue about the hockey team because that's the point of this, the show. I think I kind of wrapped it up there. I don't. I don't have much else. In terms of extension talk. Um, uh, maybe some like cuts. Some guys I'm looking at for getting cut. Probably. Uh, Owen drink a lot. Did not really live up to his extension that we gave him last year. That's yeah. kind of a. You're you're still holding on to uh, Bishop. It looks like. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to call him up and cut him while I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just on the off chance that he 
tries to come back again. Like, sorry, Ben, we don't we don't need to we don't need to be paying for that one. Um, yeah, Palat. He was he was good last year when they were doing the Kucherov thing, and he got all the power play time. And then, what do you know? He Kucherov's back, and he's not on the power play anymore. And then he is also a guy who is unrestricted free agent this offseason. And with, oh, is he? With, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, and with uh, with Tampa's situation, I would not be surprised if he is kind of one of the guys who moves on. I believe he's probably on the wrong side of thirty by this point. In yeah, Tampa's more focused is. on the cheaper depth guys and, and bringing guys back and giving them raises. Tyson Berry is a guy I'm like sniffing around, maybe thinking about cutting. Um, I like that he's on the power play with McDavid, but he missed some time this year and they put in other guys on the power play and they, I don't know that they were significantly worse. Yeah. And he, doesn't really do anything outside of defense points and special teams points. So, yeah, I, I kind of feel like he's your version of Tory Krug, who, spoiler alert, I won't be bringing back because he's an expiring deal and making six million. But another guy who gets mainly about two shots a game, puts up some pretty good point numbers, definitely active on the special teams, but. Yeah, but I, I could definitely understand why uh, why Barry may be a, a cut for you at that price to allow yourself to maybe bring in better depth. Yeah, so that's that's probably about the state of the team. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have anything else really. Well, I guess to kind of uh, go with that is uh, how do you feel then after? kind of having those preliminary thoughts already about your odds uh, again next year? Well, we'll assess after free agency, see what happens with Chris's goalie situation. <laughs> if, if, if Chris brings in some like decent goalies, then I am going to be pretty worried. Um, oh, okay. But, You're just going to have the host on the line here and just completely gloss over over the walleye, which, I mean, to be fair, you can make a lot of money by sleeping <laughs> on the walleye in any sport. Well, I mean, I think Chris has the best skater group oh, of anybody. Yeah, for sure. And I like if, kind of like what we were saying in the chat, if he just has not the worst goalies that we've ever seen, <laughs> um, he yeah. could be pretty dangerous. Yeah. This pretty much is like, I don't want to say like my last year of being coming up being my last year of being really competitive, but because I do have quite a few talented players signed through at least the next three seasons. But this year I don't really have a ton of consequential uh, players expiring, factoring in the raises that my rookies were all going to get. But after next year, guys like Horvat and, and Shikran are up. Barlamov and Hellebuck are both up. Uh, Ryan Pulak is up. Brennan Gallagher. Eh. I don't know if El Gallagher will be around for that. Pacioretty is up. Bergeron is is up after next year. Ovechkin and Marchand are both up. That's it's a lot of big money. Yeah. Do you uh you think Giroux is gonna stay in Florida or do you think he's gonna leave after this year? I don't know. I would curious to see what he does. I mean, no matter what, I think I've I feel pretty comfortable 
I, I believe I've kind of mathematically worked out my head that I can bring Giroux back. He will be my my first priority of all my uh, my expiring deals. And I feel pretty confident that no matter where he ends up, he'll be productive. But I would not mind him staying in Florida and playing in a top six featuring uh, Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberdeau and uh, Carter Verhage. Like I, I'm pretty content with that. Yeah, I mean that's Sam Reinhardt. Pretty good. Uh, pretty good group of teammates, especially. I, I kind of liked how Florida did the five forwards on the power play. I thought that was interesting. For sure, uh, with, with how hockey is, is structured, how the positions work, there's not really the flexibility like you can see in sports like soccer or basketball to really kind of get creative with the lineup. But going five on a power play is is pretty. That's about as, as much of the envelope as you can push, really, and that's that's cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ping just wrote something about Rizzo home run, so I'm hoping he didn't just hit another one. Okay, he didn't. Good. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Montgomery did get tagged with those earned runs, by the way, unfortunately. The ESPN was just slow to update that. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, well, uh, kind of like what I did with Barry then, I'll kind of, if you want to touch on, well, I guess baseball is the only other sport really going on right now. So if you want to kind of give like a brief uh, thought of your second place team, you know, not quite a first, but your second place team and how, how well they performed, uh, you know, you have a few minutes here if you want. Yeah, so first two weeks, pretty good. Uh, eight wins in both of them. Uh, I beat Ping. I know Ping's a bit beat up, so yeah, probably won't brag too much on that one. Then I beat I beat Josh. Um, I kind of feel like he's the uh, measuring stick if you're, even though Angel Hernandez helped Eric Lauer get a few more strikeouts to beat me there. Yeah, uh, Eric Lauer, eh? 13 strikeouts. Who would have thought? 13 strikeouts. Yeah, we, that game started and I was like, okay, as long as Eric Lauer doesn't have nine strikeouts, I'm going to win this category. And then he hit 13. <laughs> So, um, as we speak, you're two for 37, so that's fun. Yeah, we're doing terribly this week. Uh, I, I was pretty happy first two weeks. Um, Palo is, I mean, uh, the category breakdown is still pretty close. I think it's seven, seven four, one for him right now. Uh, it was seven, five at one point, but looks like he tied me in steals. Um, yeah, my hitting is, well, we're not hitting. Uh, a lot of teams aren't hitting at this point. Like, I understand offense is down across the league, but there's quite a few of them. You've got to think, especially with fantasy, it's mainly the, the good hitters that are rostered. Like, a lot of the guys that are anchors on real-life teams and their numbers aren't really that relevant in this format. Now, we still have, like, multiple teams hitting, like, below, like, 230 on the season. So we'll we'll just have to hope that we get some late matchup homers um, to really have a shot at anything in offense. It's starting to look like, but yeah, would not hate it if you kept it close with Paolo because if I can, you know, tread water against Barry here, I may be able to extend my first place stay for at least another week before my schedule oh, gets tough. I didn't realize Paolo was in third, so yeah, that's a pretty big matchup. Yeah, he, oh, I think he, 
did he goose egg Keefe in week one, or was that somebody else? I think he had a really big matchup. I think that was Josh. I think Josh beat Keefe pretty bad. Oh, sorry. He 10 2 to Barry. Okay. So, pitching is really close. Um, it's kind of annoying. I had that really good Scherzer game, and then Palahat Bueller had an even better game. Yeah, first uh, uh, first complete game of the season for any team. Any, yeah. But thanks to Aaron Ashby for giving up five walks today and getting oh. one out for the quality start. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was uh, supposed to start this week. He's been doing some, I, I think, I don't know if this is his first start, but he's definitely been kind of doing, at the very least, some like long relief stuff with the intention of getting some starts here or there. It was his. It was his first time over four innings. Uh, so yeah, he put up a good, good ERA and a good WHIP, but a not very good uh, strikeouts per walk. Yeah, and you know, I, I I still do believe in Ashby. He's been pretty good this year, to be honest, with the exception of like that one game against Philly last time out. But yeah, yeah, he's been pretty okay. Pretty good. Um, it'll be interesting, like once he's fully stretched out. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I've got like a a good ERA and a good WHIP, and Pilo's team is just doing better so far this week. So kind of yeah. hoping some of his guys. Uh, blow those up a bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like insinuate it's going to happen, but there is still plenty of week for, for things to change on, on all fronts. So for sure. And then uh I guess lastly, any thoughts on your at to this point, uh one WNBA draft pick. Oh yeah, my my one pick, Team Charles. She's uh I think she averaged like twenty three points last year. Uh, ESPN had her ranked number one, and I got her on the second pick, so can't complain. To be honest, I don't know a lot about her, but yeah, with, I, the, with the exception of her having gone to school at UConn, that's about all I knew too. Because when Josh was debating, hey, I wonder if I can make a whole UConn team, and I looked it up, and I believe there is enough active players in the league from UConn that he theoretically could make it work. But me and you taking UConn players first and second, uh, let's say big uh dent in that plan yeah uh like i said i was gonna take brianna stewart just because she was the only one whose name i was like oh i know who that person is yeah uh, up at the top of the rankings when i was looking at them so yeah i do think this will be a lot of fun though because obviously none of us really are very familiar with with the wnba i think with having a, a good group of active owners and a pretty level playing field of knowledge, I think this can make for a, a very entertaining 30-some uh, game season. Like, I have the schedule set up right now. We're going to have uh, 10 regular season matchups and then two one-week playoffs. Because I believe it's a 13-week season. So we're going to the last week will not be fantasy-related. Everybody will play everybody twice, and we still get the one-week playoffs. So, Yeah, cool. Um... Yeah, uh, I guess other than that, like uh, NFL draft is tomorrow. Yep. 
I have some idea of who I want. I think I have the fourth pick. I have some idea of who I want there, or uh, like a list of names of people I would like to get. Um, I've, I've got three names on my list right now, so hopefully one of them is available at four. Uh, no comment on my side of the draft. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't have any picks this year. I'm pretty sure I don't have any picks for the next few years, to be honest with you. I might have like one like fourth rounder over the three seasons, over the three drafts that are you can actively trade picks from. But it's, uh, yeah. I hope you're able to get a, one of those three players, though, because, well, or do I? Because if, if you become even competent in football, I think the all sport pretty much goes out of reach for all of us. Well, it's kind of, I think it's kind of, as Chris has shown, if you're good at, even if you're good at every sport, you're not guaranteed to win at all. Ooh, hitting Chris with a, he's pretty good, but not great. Uh, argument that's yeah, that'll, he was that'll sting. He was the heavy favorite, just couldn't, couldn't pull it out. Yeah, it imagine losing uh two finals in the course of what three calendar weeks, or was yeah. it there? Was it two calendar weeks? No, it was three. Okay, the yeah. first round of hockey was the week after basketball. Yeah, that's gonna be pretty rough to uh, to have that that level of crushing uh, defeat and just falling short. Yeah, I, well, we'll see if he uh, if he can get himself back on the mound. Yeah, could be a, an interesting race here for this next calendar year with hockey and uh, uh, basketball both done and. Uh, the new baseball season bringing a new a new all sport league year. So, yeah, and I I think we've got I think our group is now a bit more active, um, at least on the baseball end. Seems seems like uh, baseball is a lot of people's primary sport. Yeah, for sure. Like I I would consider that my favorite of the sports to play. Not not. The best team that I have, but my favorite to, to follow along. So I think it's going to be a competitive year. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much. I think that's a pretty good uh, summary of your uh, your playoff win there. I think we got to, to dance on Chris's grave a little bit and then kind of, you know, touch on some more recent non-hockey things. So. Thank you very much for uh, spending almost a full hour with me here on the pod, and I think everyone will uh, enjoy listening to this. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. Yep, I will uh, talk to you uh, probably sooner, but at the very latest, uh, probably the next uh, championship pod I have to do. I'll probably be talking to them <laughs> too. So <laughs> have a great night, and I will uh, see you later. Yeah, see you later. All right, now that we have that great interview with Alex done and over with, uh, let's go right into the official DSAC uh, recap of the, the hockey finals here. It ended up being an 8-4 victory in favor of Alex. Uh, Chris took goals 32-22. Alex took assists 54-42. Alex took faceoffs 
328 to 308. Chris took shots, 281 to 208. Chris took hits, 155 to 150. Alex took blocks, 92 to 83. Defense points, 17 to 16. Special teams points, 23 to 18. Chris took wins, 2 to 1, in a shocking development, despite the fact that he only had two goalie starts. Uh, Alex took saves, 100 to 36. Goals against, 2.166 to ineligible, and 0.9346 to also ineligible because Chris did not hit the three goalie start mark. Uh, this was, to be quite honest, a this was the DSAC equivalent of the Miracle on Ice, where Alex's bunch of uh, a, a, a ragtag team of American high school kids in 1980 going up against the well-oiled and trained-together team of the Russian or the USSR, or fuck, USSR, uh, Red Army team that had been put together and trained together for years on end. And do you believe in miracles? Yes. Chris was the heavy favorite after all coming into this. I mean, he had a pretty good chance to, to win this matchup, I think, by like 20 categories between himself and Alex. And uh, Chris's team just choked, to be quite honest with you. We'll go right in here on Alex's side and kind of point out some guys who uh, stood out. Igor Shosturkin in two games got a win, uh, a 1-5-5 goals against, and a 9-5-5 save percentage as he has his Fesna uh, level of play back. We got uh, Logan Couture with three assists, uh, 37 faceoffs. We've got Brent Burns with two assists, uh, 10 blocks. We've got Rowan Yossi with a goal and two assists. He is going to end up with not quite 100 points, but he did break 90 points, which is really impressive. Uh, we've got uh, Vinny Trocek with 27 faceoffs and a goal. Let's see, Martin Fairvery with uh, 14 hits. Uh, Andre Kopitar with a goal and three assists with 25 faceoffs. Steven Stamkos uh, with the championship matchup of his life four goals nine assists 33 face-offs 14 shots on goal and six special teams points holy cow i was uh giving everybody a lot of stick because i thought patrice bergeron was going to end up being the uh the pickup of the the playoffs or the pickup of the trade deadline among the the playoff teams here and uh well, when Stamkos has a finals like that, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to disagree with Stamkos there. Stamkos finished the season with one of five consecutive games of at least two assists, and in four of those games he scored, and in two of those games he put up two goals. That's just incredible. Uh, let's see, we got Crosby with two goals, two assists, 29 faceoffs. We've got... Oh, look, would you look at that? Just like Barry projected, we have a, a player with the name Goudreau uh, playing a key role in a playoff win with 24 face-offs for Freddie Goudreau. Uh, let's see, Connor McDavid with a goal and seven assists, 23 face-offs. Chris Letang with a goal and three assists. Jay Gensel, three goals, two assists. Vladimir Tarasenko, a goal and five assists. Pretty strong there for Alex. 
no need to really take notes with it on this time. It's only one matchup, and I want to give Alex's team uh, a lot more airtime than I otherwise would have. So I'm trying to make sure I can kind of comb through and, and give praise where it is due. On Chris's team, the uh, newly departed Jordan Bennington. Well, um, that sounds like he died. Um, the newly um, released uh, Jordan Bennington uh, did give Chris two wins in two starts. But uh, Nico Dawes got sent down to the AHL, and Chris decided against uh, using his uh, one of his waiver ads on a goalie, uh, which could have swung uh, the at least the, the ratio stats in his favor had he made a shrewd pickup. I think Casey DeSmith, in particular, had like a 50-something save shutout. Uh, and if he would have picked up on Casey DeSmith with Tristan Jari, Alex's goalie, uh, being hurt, well, this could have been a lot more interesting. Uh, Chris also neglected to uh, adjust his IR because he decided to sleep in and lost out on a game of Austin Matthews. So if you add on Casey DeSmith instead of whatever scrub Chris added at the very end, uh, and you add a game of Austin Matthews, this is at least tied 6-6, six to six, and I don't... You know, maybe Austin Matthews can uh, can help with one of the other categories, although I, I don't think they were close enough to swing anything. But Chris could have played this a lot differently, but he didn't, and he choked as an owner. Anyways, Chris also got uh, four assists from Joe Pavelski, goal and two assists from John Carlson. Uh, Eric Halla with two goals and two assists, 28 faceoffs. Uh, two goals and an assist, 15 shots, 10 hits from Brady Kachuk. Three goals, two assists, 17 shots for Justin Falk. Jeez, what a week he had. Two goals and an assist from Timo Meyer. Goal and three assists from Tage Thompson, who is going to finish with a, a $6 million salary, should Chris choose to extend him. Have fun with that. Uh, Nathan McKinnon with a disappointing goal and two assists, 27 faceoffs, 13 shots. Pales in comparison to the uh, Steven Stamkos edition, apparently. Got a goal and two assists from Patrick Kane. Two goals, three assists from Jason Robertson, putting in two on special teams. Uh, we've got a goal and two assists from Evgeny Kuznetsov. Uh, five goals and an assist with 22 faceoffs and three special teams points from Rupe Hintz. Three assists from Mikhail Granlund. And five goals, one assist, 17 shots from Evander Kane. But yeah, that'll... Uh, be the hockey matchup here with the championship. Sees Alex take it down Chris. Alex repeats as champion going into next year, trying to three-peat. But I'm already looking forward to next year. I think this will be a a really competitive league again. I mean, I think Alex probably is the the odds-on favorite again for next year, depending on how this offseason goes. But with... Uh, Ping taking over Alex or Dylan's former team and just setting lineups. He should be a playoff threat. Uh, we saw Jared be a a playoff appearance this year. Uh, you never know with Nathan's team here. At some point, I mean, this would be a pretty good race here for the the final final playoff spot. So, could be a a really interesting uh, season next year. Before we get into the baseball recap here, we can uh, talk some trades. We had two trades go down between the last pod and this pod, both of them involving me. I traded uh, 
Tanaj Thomas and cash considerations for Simeon Woods Richardson, uh, a move I really like. I'm willing to to pay off a little bit of money. I don't have by by my sheets and looking at uh, contracts I have ending. I don't think I'll have cap issues here coming up, so I'm more than willing to to move out cash. Uh, Tanaj Thomas was a a prospect I drafted in our. Uh, the first draft after the startup, I had kind of been in contact with Dylan before he had even joined the league, kind of talking some prospects with him, and Thomas was a guy that Dylan kind of suggested to me that I ended up going with. Uh, not a guy I probably would have picked up now that I've gotten a bit better of a handle on prospects. So definitely more than willing to move on from him. And while I wasn't exactly seeking out Simeon Woods Richardson at that time, uh, definitely willing to to bring him in uh, in exchange for Thomas and Cash and kind of about how I wasn't all that interested in Simeon Woods Richardson. Uh, he's, he's gone now. He's, uh, he's no longer on the team because uh, he was traded to Mike uh, this, uh, this night here that I'm recording this part because I'm recording this on Tuesday. Uh, this ended up being Woods Richardson, uh, more cash considerations. Um, Adam Frazier and Luis Castillo going Mike's way. You know, as I mentioned in our, our trade video here, uh, doing uh, some charity work to to benefit his uh, unfortunate pitching staff. Now, in exchange, I get Brandon Lau and Danielson Lamette. Uh, Lamette gives me a, a reliever with starting pitching eligibility so I can... I'll roll with up to, to six, well, I guess seven if I really want to with, with Michael King. Also having the SP eligibility, uh, seven relievers and a chance to try to farm saves and holds. Um, he's got some nasty stuff, and you guys know how much I like uh, gifable pitchers, so roll with that. Brandon Lau, I, I like Brandon Lau. He's going to hit homers, and he's going to be productive, but I don't really like love his profile, but... When I was looking at all these starting pitching needy teams, considering my uh, bounty of, of starting pitchers here and probably behooving me to move one of them out, Castillo being the odd man out in this case, uh, Lau was probably the guy I liked the best out of you know a couple teams who could use a starting pitcher for a playoff push. So he's cheap. I like that contract a lot, and I think he can hopefully bring some some more uh, Homer and RBI production for the the woeful uh, walleye offense at the moment. Uh, Castillo, I like. Uh, he's going to strike out a lot of guys. I don't exactly love the ballpark in Cincinnati. Uh, that worries me a little bit. Uh, the whip is... It's not bad. In fact, it's probably better than Major League average, but I, I'm not super thrilled about the whip and the walks. But I think Mike got a, a very quality starting pitcher. And I think we we both traded from areas of surplus in exchange for areas of need. And I think this is how a trade should should really work with, uh, with our league here. So with that being said, we can go on to the, the recap here. Uh, the first uh, matchup being Barry taking down Chris. Six to five to one, uh, three runs, two homers, seven RBIs for JP Crawford, 
six innings, 11 Ks, a quality start, zero ERA, .83 whip, and 11 K walk for Kyle Wright, who has been absolutely incredible. Barry got an absolute uh, steal of a waiver wire claim right there. If now I don't think Wright's going to keep up uh, this pace because that would be like unanimous MVP best pitching season ever like pace. Uh, so that, I don't think that'll happen, but I think Barry will be very pleased with, with where Kyle Wright is, uh, at the end of the season. Barry also did get, uh, 13 innings, 16 Ks, two quality starts, a 208 ERA, a .77 whip, and an infinite K walk from Shane McClanahan, the, spoiler alert, uh, pitcher of the week for DSEC. Uh, on Chris's side, I, I kind of struggled to find one here for Chris, but I'll throw him a bone and at least give him one name on this dreadful week. Uh, 11 and a third innings from Kyle Hendricks. Um, eight Ks, one quality start, a 1.59 ERA, a .79 whip, and a 4K walk ratio. Uh, we had another battle of friends as Nutt cracked Nathan uh, 7 to 5. 12 innings, 9 Ks, two quality starts, a 3 ERA, a .92 whip, and a 4-5K walk for Robbie Ray. Six innings, nine Ks, a quality start, zero ERA, .5 whip, 4.5K walk for Brandon Woodruff. Uh, four runs, a homer, six RBIs for Randall Grichuk. Five runs, three homers, six RBIs for Jock Peterson. Uh, on Nathan's side here, we got seven and two-thirds, seven Ks, a quality start, a 2-3-5 ERA, a .52 whip, and an infinite K walk from Carlos Carrasco. And then, good lord, six innings, 12 Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, a .33 whip, and a 12 K walk for Shohei Otani. What can he not do? Uh, and then, of course, seven runs, three homers, 10 ribbies, a .5 batting average, batted 500 on the week with a 1436 OPS for Ty France, of all people. And then uh, Byron Buxton made his triumphant return. Five runs, three homers, seven ribbies, batting 538 with a 1.908 OPS. Good Lord. Man, if Buxton can stay healthy, he's got a real strong case for being the best player in baseball from a, like a, I, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that. I won't put any qualifiers on it. He plays great defense. He runs well, he hits well, he hits for power, he does everything. Uh, the next matchup here sees Ping taking down Paolo, 7-5. We got uh, five runs, two homers, four ribbies for Manny Machado, four save holds from Josh Hader, 13 in the third innings, 13 Ks, two quality starts, a 2.03 ERA, .6 whip, and 4.33 K walk from Frankie Montas. And then five Runs, two homers, four ribbies, two steals for Anthony Rizzo. Uh, then seven RBIs from uh, Austin Meadows. Let me just double check. I made these notes, and I, I hate going back to double check live on air, but Anthony Rizzo, two steals in one week. I just want to make sure I didn't uh, put in a typo. The last thing I want to do is is give you guys false information on this podcast. I take this very seriously as a, a beacon of excellent media. Yeah, I don't know what I was looking at. He, uh, oh, no, never mind, he did. He stole two bases. Wow. 
<laughs> yep. Anthony Rizzo, folks. Very impressive. Uh, we had Mike edging out uh, Keith 7-5 in the pitcher's duel of the century. Uh, I mean, seriously, these guys were, like, unbelievable. I'll, I'll break uh, with my normal format here and kind of give you guys the ratios for this. It was talked about in the chat, so I'm sure you guys know, but uh, Keith pitched to a one one two five ERA versus uh, Mike's one six two five. Uh Keith pitched to a point eight five or yeah point eight five seven whip to Mike's point nine eight six. Both of those marks were the best two in the league this week and unfortunately they had to go up against each other. Uh getting back to that matchup here on Mike's side, three safe holds from Devin Williams, 12 and a third with 13 Ks, a quality start, 1.46 ERA, 0.73 whip, 6.5 K walk for Nola, uh, seven innings, five Ks, a quality start, a 1.29 ERA, 0.86 whip, and an infinite K walk for Chris Flexen. And then four runs, two homers, five rubies, four steals for Jazz, nine runs, two homers, two rubies. And a steal for Mookie Betts on uh, Keith's side. Seven innings, nine Ks, a quality start, zero ERA, 0.43 whip, infinite K walk for Pablo Lopez. Eight innings, six Ks, a quality start, zero ERA, 0.63 whip, and a six K walk for another Marlins pitcher, Sandy Alcantara. And then uh, Mike got gombered in the sense that uh, Keith got six innings, eight Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, a .67 whip, and an infinite K walk from Austin. Uh, the penultimate matchup this week was Alex taking down Josh, eight to three to one in a potential uh, championship matchup with how these two teams uh, played last year. Five runs, three homers, five rubies, and a steal for Freddie Freeman. Uh, we've got... Three runs, three homers, and seven ribbies for Cody Bellinger, who, as Alex has kind of alluded to, is uh, he's playing pretty good uh, this year. He looks, he's not MVP, Cody Bellinger, but he, he looks like he could be a legit piece here for Alex and uh, live up to some of that contract that Alex took on. Uh, three save holds for Chapman, and then six innings, seven Ks. A quality start is zero ERA and a .67 whip from U Darvish with seven innings, 10 Ks, a quality start, a 1-2-9 ERA, .57 whip, and a 3.33 K walk from Max Scherzer. Uh, Josh got five homers, or sorry, five runs, three homers, four ribbies, and a 1-3-3-5 OPS from Salvador Perez. Four runs, three homers, five ribbies from Wander. Uh, six innings, 13 strikeouts, a quality start, zero ERA, a 1.0 whip, and a 13K walk ratio for uh, Eric Lauer. Uh, that's got to be the surprise starting pitching line of the year. Eric Lauer, 13 strikeouts? All right. And then lastly, we have uh, eight innings, eight strikeouts, a quality start, a 1.13 ERA, a .88 whip, an infinite K walk for Kevin Gossman. And our last matchup here saw Ronnie take down Tom 12 0 uh, behind three steals for Harrison Bader. Uh, seven innings, 10 Ks, a quality start, a 2.57 ERA, and a 0.57 whip with an infinite K walk for Corbin Burns. 
Uh, with a special shout-out for Michael King, only one hold, but he pitched three innings with eight strikeouts. Uh, and then Tom, uh, he sorry, he didn't really have anyone who was uh, all that good last week. Hence why I beat him uh, 12-0 with uh, some of the absolute worst hitting uh, ratios of the week. I mean, seriously, I hit three homers in one. I beat him with 26 RBIs, which was the second worst total of the week. I beat him with a 2-1-1-8 batting average, which outside of Tom, only Chris was worse, and Chris was a lot worse. I beat Tom with a 5-9-1-0 OPS, and outside of Tom, only one team was worse, Chris, who once again was really far off. Uh, yeah, a, a, a pretty... Pretty lean offensive week for both Tom and I, but I was lucky enough to to do just enough to win. 12-0. Uh, if we move on over to the standings here, we will see that in first place is, and I'm going to milk this here because let's be honest, uh, probably the, the last time, you know, maybe, maybe next week, uh, depending on how my matchup with Barry goes, because I'm only half a game up, but I am currently in first place. Uh, take a photo, folks. Frame it. Put it over your fireplace. Put it, I don't know, wherever you want to look at it all day long because it's a, uh, it's a beautiful sight. Uh, the team that is a half game back of me is Fargo. We have third place, Paolo. Fourth place, Josh. Fifth place, Nut. Sixth place, Chris, despite that atrocious batting performance. Uh, seventh place, Nathan. Eighth place, uh, Ping. Ninth place, Mike. 10th place, Barry, 11th place, Keith, and 4th place, Tom. Uh, Keith and Tom are both uh, double digits in the games back category, while uh, as low as Mike in ninth place is only 6 games back. So only two matchups in the standings are predictably really close. Uh, taking a look at who plays who coming up next here. Uh, we've got the first place, Blue Water Walleye against 10th place Scunthorpe. 4th place Connecticut Whale with 9th place Valley Jobin. 3rd place Yo L-M-G-A-S-E-A-C-W-K against 2nd place Fargo. 5th place The Notorious Nut versus 11th place The Queens. Tacky, Busy, uh, Things. The the name is too long, I had to click on this page here. Uh, 6th place Damn Dirty Apes versus 8th place Alabama Mudslides. 12th place, Vegas Flamingo versus the 7th place, Regulators. And then we can uh, double back here and get the, the category leaders of the week. Runs, 47 for Mike. Homers, 18 for Alex. Ribbies, 52 for Alex. Steals, 7 from Ping. Average, a .2819 for Mike. OPS, a .8303 for Alex. Strikeouts, 92 for Barry. Quality starts five, split between Alex, Mike, and Nut. ERA a one one two five for Keith. Whip a point eight five seven for Keith. K walk a four point two nine four for you know me as predicted. Uh, and then nine save holds for Josh. Uh, that will cover baseball for this week. Could be a uh, pretty good one here. Uh, when I come back next week to review this current week. I lied. I forgot to do the players of the week here. 
uh, Alex's players of the week. Uh, hitters, Ty France for Nathan. Starters, Shane McClanahan for Barry. Relievers, Josh Hader for Ping. Uh, Barry, uh, his top five, shared uh, that agreement. And we're going to have uh, other hitters. Byron Boxton was second for Nathan. Charlie Blackman, third for Josh. Fourth was Jazz Chisholm for Mike. Fifth was Freddie Freeman for Alex. Starters, second was Eric Lauer for Josh. Third was Frankie Montas for Ping. Fourth was Aaron Nola for Mike. Fifth was Pablo Lopez for Keith. Relievers, uh, Stephen Wilson was the second for Mike. David Bednar was third for Ping. Garrett Whitlock was a starter this week. Fourth for Mike. And fifth place was Nestor Cortez Jr., noted starting pitcher uh, for Keith. There we go, wrap up that loose end. All right, and I'm going to go into a, a new segment here that I kind of planned because uh, the last, I don't know, pretty much the whole existence of the walleye in this league has, has featured me kind of ragging on Barry um, more than I should for a lot of moves that he's made. And when when even I can notice, like, you know, maybe I'm kind of giving too much grief to one particular person uh, you know it's bad because i'm usually not exactly the the first to pick up on on my shortcomings here so to make it up for barry uh we're gonna take inspiration from uh, michael scott and do a boom roasted for everybody uh except barry we're gonna go in alphabetical order here starting off with alex and uh i put i don't know uh, you, you didn't you didn't win basketball this year boom roasted uh, Chris, uh, you can't win the big one, and uh, if you count what your roommate does as fantasy-related things, you're the third best in your own home at fantasy-related things. Boom, roasted. Josh, uh, your baseball team was so good that even though you lost to Alex, multiple people have thought you won because you were so good. That's how big of a letdown that loss was. Uh, in fact, Chris named the, uh, the division in baseball after the Connecticut Whale because he thought you won. Boom, roasted. Keith, you try to trade so much that I've had to interact with FINRA on your behalf to ensure that everything is above board for DSAC. Boom, roasted. Mike, your pitchers give up runs at a faster rate than the rate at which you lost your hair follicles. Your next uh, piece of wall art should say live, laugh, lose in fantasy. Boom, roasted. Murph, you're in this league because you're friends with me. That's not a shot at me getting you in this league. That's a shot at you having me as a friend. Boom, roasted. Nathan, you've got the NBA MVP and your sorry-ass team still can't compete. Boom, roasted. Nut, uh, Drew Locke and Carson Wentz. Boom, roasted. Paolo, you managed to acquire all of the worst wide receiver group in the NFL. Boom, roasted. Ping, the teams you've taken on have you focusing so much on the youth coming up here that the FBI has a van stationed outside your place every night. Boom, roasted. Ronnie, you've got an innate sense for losing in soul-crushing fashion and may never win a title with your how close or how fast your windows are closing. Uh, your face is also asymmetrical, and everybody has to deal with that when you post all those shitty videos of you announcing trades. Boom, roasted. Sean, uh, honestly, I just feel bad for your basketball team. That's that's rough. Uh, hope hope you can turn that around here soon. Boom, roasted. And lastly, Tom. Your ability to find the worst contracts is shockingly unmatched with your lack of activity. You are a free win each week to any team that isn't tanking. Boom, roasted. All right, that should cover everything that we had here. So we will head on into the outro portion. Uh, 
I did mention I would have a teaser for you guys. Next week, we will be having Chris back on. Uh, again, he's probably at this point the most uh, appeared guest. But uh, we are going to do a live reveal of the basketball draft lottery results. Uh, they'll be shared in the chat, too, for the sake of uh, proof of integrity, which, you know, is always a question mark with Chris. But uh, it'll be good content for the podcast, and he and I are going to tell you about, uh, you know, perhaps some some basketball prospects who should go in the top top five or so in real life. I guess we'll kind of go as far as we, we go. We don't have any uh, concrete plans on that yet, but... We'll do that. I'm sure I'll find a, a Denny Avdia type player to, to really talk up here uh, who will probably um, not be worth uh, the rank at which I bestow upon the player. But, hey, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come to that bridge when we cross it. And then also, I guess we also have the uh, potential WNBA league. You know, that's still uh, plenty of time out here. I can actually uh, Google this. WNBA uh, schedule. Uh, looks like... Oh, wow. Uh, preseason games are already starting here. So, it uh, looks like... Really? Is it early May already? Is that when the season starts? Yeah, preseason games have already be going, been going on, actually. Uh, let's see... Preseason, preseason. Looks like Friday, May sixth is the uh, the start date here. So we should probably get on that. As as you uh, listen to this, you will already have seen it in the chat here, probably. So we'll see if that'll end up being a thing or not. But a pretty long winded outro. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Appreciate Alex for coming on to uh, to brag about his uh, incredible hockey team. And I will catch you all next time.